All right, you ready to slay this thing? Oh my god! <laughs> what is this? I'm Geralt of Rivia. Oh. Uh? <laughs> Where did you get all of this? Party City, mostly. Oh my god. Camby, Geralt of Rivia. That's me. Throw Geralt. money at him, people. Wait, hold on. Before it, let's close that. Because I gotta make Hannah feel at home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, now uh, I'm locked in here with this person. <laughs> what's up, everyone? I'm Geralt of Rivia. Obviously. The likeness is uncanny. Yeah. I think Henry Cavill just walked in. Yeah, well, hey, what's up? you know, just came off the next uh, Spider Superman movie to Spider Man. <laughs> I don't know. Well, actually, if I'm gonna do Geralt, I'm gonna do it like they did in the audiobooks and be all like, "I'm Geralt of Rivia." Why was he Scottish in the audiobooks? They made him have an accent. So you know, uh, yep. What's up, everyone? We're talking about me today, or rather, the creator of me. That's me. That's me. You're your own creator. I am my own creator. I, I don't believe in anything. I'm Geralt. That is so... I'm glad you picked that up from like just the, the video game and the little bit of audiobook was that he believes in nothing. He's a nihilist. Yeah. Not just a nihilist. No, his principles. Yeah. Nihilist, he'd be like, ah, what's the fucking point? I mean, what is the fucking point? <laughs> so for all of those people who are wildly confused, or if the people are watching you and are like, what the heck is... Tyler doing wearing eyeliner. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to give myself a little pop in the eyes here. Right there. I, it really does. They pop. Yeah. So. <laughs> he is, uh, you are the iconic lead of the Witcher series, mm -hmm. Geralt of Rivia. You're welcome. Yes. You are welcome. The How people come I'm not demanded seeing it. any of my audio? Hey, Cameron, you want to turn me up? Turn me up? You want to turn me up? Two. Maybe. Check. 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 Uh, it's better, I guess. How are my, uh, there we go. How are my waves on the computer? Your waves. My waves. Good? Yeah? All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Emiyama Jones. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, today, we're a little discombobulated at the moment. That's because Tyler is wearing beard spray. Because I, I kind of <laughs> threw Hannah off. She's like, all right, let's go. And then I walked in the room. Yeah. Well, I'll, first you were gone in the bathroom for a long time. and like Making I, a lot of noises. I was getting a little <laughs> suspicious. I was like, what is going on? And then yeah. he walks in and I just like look up from the computer and I'm like, yeah. oh, so that's what we're doing today. So yeah, so podcast listeners, we are doing a video version of this, um, which Hannah has promised me uh, someday soon it'll come out on our YouTube. That doesn't exist yet, but it will. It will. And you guys... We'll be anxiously awaiting it before then. Yeah. So, yeah, in about a month, you'll all be able to see what I see right now, which yeah. is and Tyler wearing a wig. You get to see me mess with my microphones throughout the entire episode. Um, you get to see Hannah rolling her eyes to the point of medical condition it getting stuck like that. <laughs> um, and you get to see me. 
up close and personal. You're really digging that camera. I am. Yeah. It's just like staring right at me. You put it there. I did put it there. You got that camera too, though. That one's not zoomed in on me. It's a two shot. That one is? Yeah. Why would you do that? You're supposed to give yourself a one shot. I don't want a one shot. So that you can cut to you making really funny jokes like me. But I'm self-conscious and I don't want to see my face that close. Anyway, we've wasted <laughs> enough time getting we into have. this episode. So we're going to, so for everyone who doesn't know what The Witcher is, which until like two months ago was oh me. God. I can't do this. I cannot wear this shit. You, I keep looking up at myself. You got to keep it on for at least 10 more minutes. Uh, all right. Shh, just be quiet for, for a second. All right. Sorry. So here's your crash course on The Witcher. It's a fantasy book series from the 1990s that has been adapted for TV and video games. The main character is this guy, Geralt of Rivia. That's me. Him. He's a witcher, hence the title. And that means he was taken as a child, given all these potions, and basically put through hell. And then it genetically mutated him so that he's faster, stronger, and has an extended lifespan. So he's like 100 years old in these books. Yeah. And he can take potions that other people can't. Yes. And they make him really strong. So it's like he's taking meth or something. Yeah. He was also trained to fight monsters because at the time that this... this fantasy series is taking place, the continent that serves as the setting is overrun by monsters. Despite the fact that people often need his services, witchers are generally despised and disparaged and basically everybody hates them. Yeah. Because they're different. Yeah. Typical Obviously, humans. I'm different. Yeah. They're I, just jealous of his hair. I don't know if you can see this. I legit have the pendant. He really committed. Like, I really committed. The I If I could have had yellow contacts, I would have. You could have. They're just really freaking expensive yeah, and uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. And it takes a long time. This yeah. is the most last minute throw together <laughs> ever. I, I respect what you've done here, though. You look yeah. great. Thank you. So the story comes from the mind of Andrzej Sapkowski, yeah. who has been referred to more than once as the Polish Tolkien. So while we normally focus on the author's lives, uh, it's a little bit harder to come by information on him, A, because he didn't really become super, super well-known until recently-ish. Also, he's super fucking Polish. Everything, <laughs> almost everything about him is in Polish, and I don't read Polish. I love how that's your excuse for not being able to dive into his life. He's like, he's Polish. He's super fucking Polish. <laughs> I tried Google right. translating some of his stuff from his website, and Google Translate doesn't do a great job at making it really understandable. Like it translates the words, but <clears throat> I think it misses some stuff. So the problem is not that there's not information; it's that it's not in well, English. There's still not a lot of information. Oh, yeah. It's. I think part of the problem is that since he's older, he also doesn't have like social media and doesn't advertise himself as much. Oh yeah. Because like with with contemporary authors in America. They put a lot of information about themselves out there online, but this dude's old. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's sure. like, I've got millions and millions of dollars from this fantasy series I wrote. So, But I did cobble together some stuff from interviews that he's given, and also a huge shout-out to Eurogamer.net for their super helpful profile that they did on him. Eurogamer.net? Yeah. That sounds like when I made fun of streamers at the beginning of one of our episodes, and yeah. I stole that bit from Cameron. They're these people. Probably. <laughs> Gamer Boy 5000. <laughs> yes. One of their writers sat down with uh, Mr. Sapkowski and did a great profile on him. So a lot of the information that I'm going to be giving you on his background comes from that article. And we'll link to that on our on our site. Cool. I'm just going to kick back as Gerald. 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 People, the internet will eat you alive if you call him Gerald. <laughs> yeah, I know. And here's the thing. When I was, when I was um, re listening to this book... 
they all have accents, right? So Geralt is, you know, I'm Geralt from Rivia or whatever. <laughs> and then, like, he would be talking to people with hard accents, and they'd all say his name, Geralt. But it sounded like they were all saying, get out. Get out. So they'd be in a conversation, be like, get out. <laughs> You're like, this Can is Can you so believe aggressive. that they would do this to me? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start at the very beginning as our uh, usual method. Yeah. So Andrei Sapkowski was born June 21st in 1948. So that makes him 71 years old in Lodz. Uh, which is the third largest city in Poland, mm-hmm. and it's a formal former industrial center. He studied economics in college and worked as a senior sales rep for a trade companies. He was like traveling around selling furs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was a huge fan of uh, fantasy and devoured books as he traveled. One of the things he said not was, literally. He didn't like. He that's didn't not what them. he sustained he himself on. He read that. He yeah. ate them with his eyes. <laughs> Oh my God, that's gross sounded. <laughs> I'm going to eat you with my eyeballs. With my, well, when you say it like that. That sounds like something that Geralt would say to somebody. Yep, but it would be sexy. Don't cause. fuck with me. I will eat you with my eyes. <laughs> and then with my sword. <laughs> and then I my sword. I will literally hack you to bits. But uh, He so, probably ate Yennefer with his eyes. Ew, gross. We're not to that point yet. <laughs> So, I can't do it. I can't wear this are anymore. Are you taking it you off? You talk. I'm going to put something else on. Perfect. If you don't, like, pull the microphone down first. It's cool. He got this. So uh, when Sapkowski was traveling for work, his first stop would always be a bookstore to try to pick up the newest edition of whatever fantasy series he was really enjoying. Tyler is very <laughs> dramatically taking his clothes off right now. Ooh, good one. Yeah. It, like, landed on a microphone over there. Are you putting your sweater on now? Yeah. I'm keeping the, I'm keeping the necklace on. He's keeping the necklace on in case the mic didn't pick that up because he really likes necklaces now. Uh, another cool tidbit about uh, Mr. Sapkowski is that he speaks more than a dozen languages. And I did see in one place that um, he started his literary career as a translator, especially of science fiction. Um, and then he wrote his first short story called The Witcher, or in some translations, it's The Hexer. Uh, he wrote it to enter a contest in the Polish science fiction slash fantasy magazine called Fantastica. His son was a big fan of the magazine, so that's part of why he did it. Um, he was confined to just 30 pages for this short story, which for him, he said, was a great struggle. He told one reporter he's written love letters longer than that, which, oh boy, I'd be overwhelmed if someone wrote me a love letter that was 30 plus pages long. <laughs> Are you good now? I just need a breather. You don't need to breathe so heavily under the microphone, though, for your breathing. <laughs> oh, that's still so loud. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been so high maintenance. <laughs> All for one bit. It was. Hopefully it was a good bit. <laughs> okay. So he's writing The Witcher. He decided to reimagine a fairy tale but make it, quote, real. So for an example he uses, that there's a fairy tale about a cobbler who kills a dragon and Sapkowski in one interview said, it's a lie. Poor cobblers make good shoes. They don't kill monsters. Soldiers and knights, they are idiots generally. So who's killing monsters? Professionals. You don't call poor cobblers apprentices. You call for professionals. So then I invented the professional. So nice. basically he just thinks fairy tales are stupid and wanted to make them more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So Which I find it funny 
Like, I caught on to that without knowing any of that shit. And I really, you're good at literary analysis because I really didn't notice as I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then you're like, you know, that was Sleeping Beauty, right? And I'm like, holy shit, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I figured it out uh, because in The Last Wish, which was the book that I read, um, you go through the first story and then you go into a little interlude and then you go into this second story, which I was, as I'm... (laughs) As I'm reading it, I'm like, this is just Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that book. <laughs> this book. This is just Beauty and the Beast. And then I started thinking about the the, the first one. I'm like, wait a minute. That's uh, that's Sleeping Beauty. Hey, that card is full. Right there. Oh, well, that's yours. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. We can just turn that off and be done with it. Um, So, yeah, I... <laughs> And so then it became like, as I'm listening to the next story, I'm trying to figure out what that one is. And, and, and that was really interesting to me. I really like that, actually. I did, too. And I knowing that he did that specifically to make them more realistic and, like, do his own take on it, I think that's really cool. Because, I mean, obviously a lot of people do adaptations of, of fairy tales. But I think most of the ones I've read before have been very literal yeah. without much of the, like, reimagining happening. So yeah. I think he did a better job at reimagining them. So he submitted this 30 or fewer page short story to the magazine, and he waited a whole year for the results, and he was sad, thinking they must have hated it. He was just over there like, oh, my gosh, my writing's not good. <laughs> and then he found out that he won third prize. And the magazine published his story in 1986. Um, he said it almost won top prize, and he thinks it would have, but fantasy was not very respected at the time. And I think that's kind of true now, too. Like, in a lot of literary circles, fantasy I, I, tends to be dismissed, at least the, like, highbrow. That's super stuff. interesting to me because you've got I've, – I've been told that before. I submitted one of my books for uh, an agency and all that stuff. I shouldn't have, but I did because I was. I thought that I had written the world's greatest thing ever, um, and and the person wrote to me like, "Look, this is this has a lot of potential. This is really good." But one of the things is fantasy is not popular right now, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually. And I'm I question that and wonder if he was just trying to be nice <laughs> uh, because that's kind of bullshit. Like starting with two thousand. 2001, 2002, Lord of the Rings came out, and things got really popular. And then, uh, you know, we just had Game of Thrones. Now we've got The Witcher. There's been a lot of fantasy stuff, and, and I jumped. I big, I did a big jump, but there's been a lot of stuff that's really popular. And that's true, but all of the ones that you mentioned right now were written pre-2000s. So a lot of the, the big titles in fantasy have waited a long time to mm. get big. That that is interesting. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. Well, I mean, it's it is fair, and fantasy I think is getting more popular, but it's definitely not one of the most published genres. Like the num the easiest genre to break into is romance because they publish so many books yeah. every year. I yeah. think fantasy is a little more selective. Um, but with that being said, his his short story was hugely popular. Um, so he had uh, all of these people writing to him saying, like, more, 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 he said. So since there was such a huge demand for a follow-up, he started writing more of the short stories um, that were largely based on fairy tales. And so then the first two short story collections were Sword of Destiny and uh, The Last, the Last Wish, Wish, the one that we both read. 
Those were published in 1992 and 1993. And then he decided he wanted to publish a saga um, and churned out one book a year until the se- series was completely done in 1999. Jeez, I didn't realize he did it that quickly. Yes. he And he said he specifically wrote it that fast because he remembered as a fan being disappointed when he would go into bookstores and try to find like the latest uh, edition or latest book in a series that he was enjoying and it wouldn't be there. So he didn't want to disappoint other fans by making them wait a long time. So he's like the anti-George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> The anti yeah. uh, Roth uh, Patrick Rothless. Yes, Roth, Rothless. I don't know. How uh, name of the wind guy. The wind. We're still waiting on book three. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he he didn't want to do that, which I think is super nice. I feel like I would be that way as an author. I'd be like, oh my gosh, all these people are waiting. I've thought about that, and you know, I've I've talked about my whole uh, plan for writing all of the books that I have. Uh, I've sat you down and forced you to listen to me talk about it. It's a good plan. You just need to write them all. (laughs) I just need to write them all. And I need to write them better. Um, And the, like, I I don't know. I feel like there's there's a certain sense of like, yeah, once I start something, I want to finish it. But I also don't want to spend the next 10 years writing one story. My ADD won't allow that. So I, I, I have a plan for how to kind of manipulate that where it's like yeah you're not gonna get all of the the one book series but you'll get some books from me you know (laughs) and you know eventually maybe it will be the same you know you don't know so i mean i think as long as you're putting something out there that's better than nothing i think the problem with george r R. martin is that he he does nothing for 10 years straight and actually it's funny him and uh sapkowski are friends they drink beer together all the time apparently yeah yeah so uh, too bad he didn't pick anything up from his Polish friend about sticking to a timeline. <laughs> um, but anyway, so The Witcher, the book series, officially started in the early 90s. Um, and then it's had tons of adaptations. The video game in 2007 by CD Projekt Red. Uh, there were comic books. And then in December 2019, the Netflix series was released. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's when I found out about it. So I had already it, known about it. Um, I hadn't read it. I hadn't played the game. I knew about the game. Um, my older brother's super into it, um, and he and I, we when we start when I started podcasting um, seven eight years ago, it was with Randy, my older brother, and we would just talk about nerd stuff all the time. And um, and that was one of the things we ended up talking about is like who would play a good Witcher, and like usual, I ended up agreeing with him because he thought way deeper about this sort of stuff than I did. And he wanted Mads Mikkelsen to that's play The Witcher. That's so funny. That's who um, Sapkowski's second choice was for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so when we found out, you know, what, two years ago, a year and a half ago, that Henry Cavell was playing him, we were both really disappointed because we're like, nah, we, we both envision Mads. <laughs> uh, but, you know, from... From what I've seen of the show, I, which I haven't watched almost any of it, but what I have seen of it, he does an okay job. And then on top of that, I've watched interviews with him, 
and I'm more excited to watch the show because he's he was super excited to be a part of it. He was a huge fan. He yeah. said he played the video game first and then went and read the series. And I yeah. just love it when actors who actually like the source material get to play yeah. the person. He, and he does all his own stunts, which is super cool. <laughs> and he talked about, yeah, we get it. Henry Cavell's <laughs> the greatest. He's good looking. I didn't he's want smart. to like him at first because he's, he's so pretty. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> fucking annoying. But, but he seems like very nice, actually, and I hate that. And me too. Uh, but he um, he talked about how he would spend like two hours in makeup every day, mm-hmm. which I totally get. You know, <laughs> you spent like twenty minutes 20. just doing this. <laughs> um, and you know, Netflix, I'm available. Just give me a call. Yeah, if uh, if Henry gets busy. Yeah. Uh, if you need to do like a flashback, or you know, I'll go grayer. I could do a flash forward if flash you need. Yeah. Um, but he talked about how they started the rap party before the show was done filming. Oh, really? And so he he legitimately was like, I think I'm just going to go to the rap party as Geralt. <laughs> like, I don't want to take this off. And I don't want to stop being Geralt. So, like, he really enjoyed playing the part, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> and I think he does... I think he does a good job at it. He has that very like dry delivery and yeah. like that good scowl that I think really fits the character. Yeah. Um, but another point on that, which I found amusing, was apparently Sapkowski used to tell people that his preferred actor for Geralt was going to be Kevin Costner, which can you even imagine Kevin Costner playing this character? You know. I mean, he's a little too old now. Maybe back in the day. Yeah, let's, let's go back to post just after Waterworld. Postman came out, uh, Dances with Wolves, like right <laughs> after that, right after that, I could, I could see Kevin Costner playing this this role. It would be a completely different role. I think it'd be one of those situations where the movie's not the same as the book no. at all. Um, but I could see it. I so could see it. There was actually a Polish film and TV series in the early two thousands adapted from this. Um, and in interviews, Sepkowski criticized both original screen adaptations and said, quote, I can answer only with a single word, an obscene, albeit a short one. So I don't think he liked them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a fan of video games either. He's never Is the Polish word for shit the same length as ours? It's probably much longer with more consonants. <laughs> And much like his name, I probably would have had to look up how to pronounce it multiple times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, so you played the the video game a little bit, right? I played the newest video game, Witcher Three: The Wild Hunt. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, does the does the plot make sense? Does it seem like they changed a lot? Here's my thing. Okay, <clears throat> I start reading The Witcher, the last the, the the last, last wish. wish, and uh, I mean. First scene in the book <laughs> is some sex. Am I right? This is your biggest like pet peeve with most stuff too. First scene is is some chick getting on top of him and requiring him to be inside of her. I can't remember exactly what the phrase was, but uh, and then and then he it goes into him feeling up her boobies. <laughs> and I've been told before that there is a lot of this stuff in these video games too. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so I buy the video game and I'm like, I'm like having real conversations with my wife of like, Hey, are you okay with this? Are we going to be all right with this? And she's like, yeah, we're both adults. We can deal with it. It's fine. I played six full hours of that game and didn't see one goddamn booby. 
want, I want that quote on one of our teasers for this episode. <laughs> no I, boobies. I mean, I'm sorry. I did see I did see uh, Yennefer's butt. Okay. And I saw a whole lot of Geralt. Oh, yikes. Yeah, in a bath. Ew. A few times. Well, that's an iconic scene, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm really sorry that there were not enough boobs in the... I mean, video. I'm not there saying, no like, boobs I in the video. required boobs. No, I'm but you were misled. Saying, I, yeah, I got my, I was about to say hopes up. I didn't get my hopes up. <laughs> you I, was, I set yourself. the expectation that this was going to happen, and it didn't. There's but, a, a decent amount of nudity in the TV series. Not not nearly as much as, as Game of Thrones, but Isn't, like, some. the whole scene where he first meets Yennefer just, like, a big orgy? Yeah. I thought I read about that. And I was like, that's it, one of the reasons why. It wasn't like that in the book, though. No, I not even like, a little bit. Where did all these naked people come from in the TV show? He goes into her room and she's just waking up. Yeah. That's it. But Netflix, it's got, this is exactly what I've talked about. Exactly what I've talked about. You can have stuff in a book and it, even if it's sexual, it's not graphic and it's not sensual. It's not trying to elicit little teenage boys coming in their pants while they Ew. read it. But the second that a TV show gets that, they're like, we got to take it and we got to make it bigger and more sexy. And and then they just invent shit that doesn't even exist in the book. Yeah. What's up with that, Netflix? What? Although I did feel like that opening scene that you were talking about in the book, in The Last Wish, I was like, what the fuck is the purpose of this? <laughs> it's just to show that he can get it. Yeah. I mean... I felt like we could have figured that out otherwise, but whatever. I'm, and I'm legit not trying to be a prude about this. I, I, I'm okay with it for the most part. It just, it doesn't get on my nerves when stuff, when they have to create stuff from the book that is not there because they have to elicit that, that, I don't know. Well, I feel like they, just because they have no restrictions, they feel like they, they need to, to like do it, yeah. go all out. And oh, be like, we're oh. HBO. We can make a Game of Thrones. Bibbies everywhere. <laughs> oh, we're Netflix. <laughs> Orgy scene. <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so so the Netflix adaptation was actually the first time the author ever visited a film set. And it seemed like he has been having a fun time. He like interviewed with the, the showrunner and everything and... I think that would just be super cool, especially as an older author, like getting to do that for the first time and really appreciating seeing your work come to come to the big screen, as it were. Yeah, I like how that's the like the ultimate thing, though. Right. Like like for an author. Yeah. It's like, oh, when they make a movie out of this. But I think like I you mean, don't write a book just to be a book anymore. No, but don't you think about that with your own stuff? Like in your head, you're like, oh, who would play this character or like. Wow, what would it be like to build this whole world in like a set or sure something like that? Because I grew up watching movies and yeah. stuff like that. That then of course I I do that. I assume they have movies in Poland too. And generally, when I when I'm writing, I write the the scenes, the movies that I'm watching in my head already. Yeah. So it's it's that puts a lot of pressure on it though. Yeah. Like when you know that the writers already envision that. Like in yeah. one interview, the showrunner asked him. She she asked him if he was afraid of any anything going wrong, basically, in her adaptation. Um, and he said the funniest little line. He said, no, because you cannot judge the soup by the groceries, which I have no idea what that fucking means. But you cannot judge the, the soup, soup 
by the groceries. It's like you can't look at, you know, the potatoes and the celery out on the counter and then determine whether the soup is going to be good. So is he saying it's not done yet? So I can't know if he it's can't know good? until he watches it. I would agree with that completely. Yeah. 100% I would agree with that. And only because I made mac and cheese last night, like homemade, <laughs> and it required me to make a roux. What is a roux? It's when you combine butter and flour and cook them together, and then you add milk and whipping cream. <gasps> Legitimately. <laughs> so in the order that I made it, with Rebecca's help, is I I melt the butter in there, throw the flour in there. Trust me, I'm getting to a point, so just I'm not just turning the show into a recipe show. Uh, butter melt, throw the flour in, whisk it up, and it gets all gross and like, like, like weird, lumpy, chunky, yeah. Ew. And then she she starts pouring in the whipping cream, and I'm like trying to whip it. It's all like the butter comes back out of the flour as it like lumps together and creates this gross brown substance. And then we start adding milk, and then as you're adding milk, it slowly starts to turn into what could be considered a sauce. And then you have to add the cheese after that. Mm. It's very particular. And I told Rebecca this. I was like, who who fucking did this process the first time? I'm like, no, that's the, that's I want that to happen. We're gonna get somewhere from yeah, here. Like this is good. Who watched that and went, no, this is this is what we want. So the point being, I don't I legitimately agree with that because it's like you you cannot until the final product is done, you cannot just be like, no, it's it looks shitty. No, yeah. Especially that's, that's when you're dealing with green screens. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah, green screens especially and uh, VFX and yeah, there's there's a lot that makes the uh, groceries into a soup. I'm sorry, I keep looking at my hair. Don't look at your hair. But my the the gray in the hair. I mean, the, the gray in the hair swoosh, looks amazing. I actually like it. Tyler's gonna go gray now, like fake gray, and it's gonna be great. I'm gonna dye my hair gray. Um, did you read the whole of the Last Wish? Yeah. I did too. Did you? Because the timeline on the show is very confusing, and I think a lot of people have commented on that. Like, yeah. you don't know what the heck is going on until like four episodes in or something, and then you're like, "Oh, I see. We've been in the past this whole time, or the future, or yeah, stuff like that." Do you think it became clearer with the book or less clear? I mean, with the with the book, it made sense because they led into certain stories with certain things, um, like the whole um, the whole thing on the edge of the world. Mm. story like they led into it with them meeting up and then talking about that um yeah i don't know i just kind of went with it yeah i liked i i knew that they were it was a collection of short stories so i just i figured he wrote each of these stories separately and then when they wanted to put them together in a book they came up with this idea for how to connect them connect all them. into one, one novel. So I kind of went into it with a, a grain of salt of like, yeah, this is kind of bullshit. It's just a bunch of different stories that they're trying to weave together. Yeah. And I mean, they don't necessarily take place in order or anything like that. Yeah. I think I had a better sense of the timeline for the book because I'd seen the show. So I was like, oh, I know when this scene is yeah. taking place or whatever. Because in a lot of them, he doesn't like, he doesn't fully establish the time that it's taking place. He's not like, yeah. oh, and three years before that last story, like, yeah. th- here's this story. He just kind of does it. And and I'm okay with that. I don't need to know a specific timeline because it doesn't seem to really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like, each event can be its own event and and that's it. Yeah. You know? Um, 
The only thing I think really that can mess with that, and I think the reason why it does mess with that in the show is because they show Siri as a much more important character. That's her name, right? Yeah. The Siri. little girl? Yeah, because yeah. she's not even in the book. She is she's she in... is alluded to in the book. Yeah, she doesn't really show up until the, the saga. Right. And I started reading Baptism of Fire, which is like the third or the fourth book. Uh-huh. So she's in that a lot more. So I think I think these the short story collections really kind of set up the background for it. Yeah. Like there's that one where he's talking to Iola or whatever, and that kind of sets up who the witchers are and mm-hmm. and how they got the way that they are. So I a lot of the um like suggested reading orders that I've seen have been read the short story collections first and then you'll have all the background knowledge you need to get into the main saga. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It introduces you to the world in like short manageable bites and then you can just go full, full steam ahead for the stories. Full books. Yeah. So the, the Netflix show is almost exclusively from the, the short stories, I think. And a lot from the last wish, and that makes sense. You can you can serialize it a little bit easier with short stories. Yeah, I mean it's basically already an episode for you right there. Almost. Yeah. Some of them are a little bit longer than I would want an episode to be, but yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Did uh, they do all of the stories from, um, the last wish? I'm hesitant to say all of them. Did they do the one with the beast? The Beauty and the Beast oh, adaptation. I think I think they did. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and check that now. Yeah, I know they did. Um, the Sleeping Beauty one that was like, That's like that a was one. a shocking yeah. episode. I was just like, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, and then I remember reading the one with the little little monster who was hiding out in the hemp field, and I yeah. think they did that one too because I remember. Oh, they definitely did because he got hit in the head with rocks and stuff, and then kidnapped by elves. Yep. Like that was great. Also, yeah. I love that it was hemp fields in the 90s. Yeah. Now I'm reading it with hemp being such a huge thing in the U.S. and everybody freaking out about it. And I'm like, oh, my Dead gosh. They made rope out of hemp. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, All right. okay, Poland. <laughs> You're way ahead of the U.S. on this yeah, one. Yeah, there's the there's the one with the, the beast and then the one with the Shrike, yes. which was the uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. They had that one in there as well. I think they had that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had, um, what's her name, like Renly or something? What is the girl's name? Shrike. But like, yeah. Her princess name? Her princess name. Yeah, that was one of the main, I think that might have been the first episode. Oh, really? And yeah, they set her up to be like this huge character and then bam. You're just like, oh, well, well, this is over. And the story is pretty sad too. It is a sad story. A lot of them are sad. They are sad. They make you think about life. And I think that's one of the, the things that I like about Geralt as a character is like he's set up to be this cold, dispassionate dude who only sees black and white. But he has some of the like wisest lines in it. Oh, yeah. And I think that comes from his uh, neutrality, mm-hmm. like the fact that he's trying to um, stay humble and stay in the middle. He doesn't. You know, like when he, in the in the story where he's talking to the guy who is a beast mm-hmm. and they're conversating, like they sit down and have wine together and talk. And the guy's like, well, I'm obviously a monster. Why aren't you killing me? He's like, you, you're not a monster. Right. You know, like and like that's Geralt's way is like being able to have a conversation with someone who everybody else would be afraid of or the same with like the 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 devil. Um <laughs> 
you know, that where they're they're like, you know, go get rid of him, but don't kill him. And he's like, why? Why don't you want me to kill him? But why get rid of him? Like he asks those questions. He wants to understand them. And he goes there. And when the bard starts to taunt it, he's like, dude, shut up. We need to talk to this thing. Uh, and I think that's where Geralt's um, twist, I, I think his novelty comes from that. You don't see a lot of characters that are very neutral like that. They're generally like, I'm going to stand for what's right, you know, and I'm going to I'm going to fight the bad guy. And he never does that. No, he never goes. I'm going to fight the bad guy because I have to. It's always because they leave him no other choice. Right. And that's what makes the Shrike story so sad mm-hmm. and it they portrayed that really well on the show as well like you could see throughout that whole battle sequence he really really didn't want to kill her yeah but she left him no choice um there was one one quote in the book that i really liked where he was he was talking about monsters and he said people like to invent monsters and monstrosities then they seem less monstrous themselves when yeah. they get blind drunk cheat steal beat their wives starve an old woman when they kill a trapped fox with an axe or riddle the last existing unicorn with arrows they like to think that the bane entering cottages at daybreak is more monstrous than they are they feel better then they find it easier to live and i was just like oh got chills there yeah that's like a, that's a great line yeah you need that that character just looking at humanity and kind of holding up a mirror to them. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's probably why people hate him so much in part. It's like he, they, they like to make excuses for themselves and he's not making excuses for anyone. Right. Or himself. Or himself. Yeah. And and I think I, I think that's what resonates with me is like, especially over the last couple of years, I've been trying to be more of an honest person. I spent my late teens and early twenties lying about everything and trying to get away with it and so in my late 20s and now in my 30s I'm trying to be really honest and that's like giving my myself permission to tell people how I feel honestly about mm-hmm. things you know and it pisses people off a lot because I'll be like I don't like that you're doing this or I don't think I don't believe you I don't think that you're telling the truth I think that that's dumb you know and and that calls people out but it's like end of the day it's just how I feel. And I'm not going to I'm not going to change that. Or I, if I do change it, I'll change it after I do some introspection and, and work through that. But right now in this moment, that's how I feel. And I'm honest about that. And I try to look at the world honestly. And I think that's why I like Geralt so much. And I'll be honest, I really I liked this book a lot more than I thought I was going to. Really? Yeah. Uh, or rather, I liked Geralt a lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought he was basically Geralt is Henry Cavell for me <laughs> because you look at Henry Cavell, you look at the actor and you think this guy's such a douchebag. Like he has to be a douchebag. He can get any woman he wants. He's going to get all the ladies. He's He's su- literally like, Superman. Yeah, he's Superman. He can, you know, he's got the best job ever. But then he's just he's just f- nice and you're like fuck you for being so nice. <laughs> Um, and, and so Geralt's the same way. Like I always am like, oh, he's just out for some puss, you know, like he just (laughs) wants to get the next girl and get laid and, and all that. And that's not necessarily not true, but in that he's being honest about it. He's never like, oh, I, you know, I'm doing my thing. He doesn't trick them. He's not like, oh, I love you and only you. Like he's like, he shows up and they're like, hey, you want to do it? And he's like, yeah, obviously like (laughs) I'm a dude. I just got done slaying a monster. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, we're on opposite sides of this this little conflict, and we're probably going to kill each other tomorrow. Yeah, we can sleep together. That's fine. <laughs> like, I could get, I could use a stress relief, and then like, and then going on into the last wish, like, how how same with uh, Jennifer. I, I my biggest pet peeve is when a guy and a girl love each other for no fucking reason. Uh, when the girl is the most beautiful girl. And, and so obviously the main character is going to get that girl and like that sort of stuff is boring to me. It's dumb. It's, it's useless. And at first when Yennefer's introduced, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. The good looking hero is going to get the good looking girl and they're going to fall in love just because, Mm -hmm. but the more you get to know them at the, in the last story of this, like it's so crazy how quick they connect and you start to root for them to get together mm-hmm. because you see you see the hurt and the pain that Yennefer went through in her life. And you see it because Geralt sees it. And so he falls in love with her because of it. Well, and he sees it because it mirrors the hurt that he that went through he in felt. his yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so because he's honest and because he's neutral, he can look at her honestly and go, oh, this is what you really are. You're not actually a monster like everyone thinks you are right you're something that was turned into a monster because of what happened to you in your life and so i just like everything about him i'm like oh fuck i love that move i love that line i <laughs> i love the love that you have for that lady fuck i can't help but like this guy <laughs> and so yeah i i liked it a lot more than i than i wanted to and i think it's because of that and I, I agree. I think the characters are a big part of the reason I like it because I'm not usually a huge fantasy fan. Yeah. I, I tend to find that a lot of fantasy follows the same formula, basically, and it's all sure. very similar and kind of redundant and predictable. But I really like I really like the character of Geralt and, and Yennefer and even uh, Yaskier, who is Dandelion in the book, which oh, is like, yeah. what the heck? I guess that was a translation thing because Yaskier in Polish translates to like Buttercup. And the translator was like, oh, that's too unmanly. So we're going to call him dandelion instead. What's the most manly flower? <laughs> not a dandelion. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, there's no such thing as a manly flower. Foxglove. That's a manly flower. I stand corrected, ladies and I gentlemen. I only say that because it's my favorite flower. Because it, it like kills people, doesn't it? It's I think poison. you're thinking of nightshade. Well, that too. Wait, I, does foxglove kill people? I don't know. I thought it was poisonous. You want to hear a really sad but really nice story? What? Okay. So uh, my mom's favorite flower is foxglove. And so whenever we'd go for a hike, she'd show me all the spots that she'd seen it. And so I kind of fell in love with it because of that. We had a dog for a long time. We got him when we thought he was nine years old. And I think it turned out that he was 11 when we got him. And we and we had him for at least four or five years. So he was like 15, 16 years old by the time I had to put him down. Um, and he's a big dog. And it's really it was a really big deal that he had lasted so long. And this dog had come into our life when things were rough and tumultuous. And my mom went from one boyfriend to another boyfriend to another boyfriend. but And, you know, me and Cameron, my little brother, we were in and out of her life because we would stay with our dad, stay with her, you know, back and forth. So, and moving from apartment to apartment to apartment, the only consistent thing in my mom's life at that time was this dog, Koya. Aww. So, um, really sad. And eventually we all made the decision like, hey, Koya, we got to put him down. His, his life is just at, at an end. My mom couldn't do it. 
So I had to do it. So first, my mom and I packed him up, took him to Rebecca's house. Rebecca, my wife now, at that point, girlfriend. We took him to her house, and she, her family owns 14 acres. And we let him run around for like three hours, and he looked like a puppy again. He was so happy, and it broke my mom's heart because it's like, how do we put this dog down when he's so happy? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, but when he goes back to an apartment, he's not going to be good. It's not a good situation. So took him to the vet put him down. One of the saddest moments of my life. Uh, and then we took him back to Rebecca's property and we buried him there on, on the property where he was happiest the last. And I put him right up at the top of this hill, um, buried him there, went on with my life. And a few months, the next spring, I came back. I, I mean, I would go back a lot. I didn't wait a whole <laughs> spring before I went back to my girlfriend's you house. You never saw Rebecca again until yeah. that spring. <laughs> Uh, I had gone back and I was driving down the driveway and I looked over, just kind of remembering Koya, and I looked over and there, where I buried him was a patch of foxglove. Just growing right where I had buried him. And I, I went and picked one, took it to my mom and gave her one as like a, you know, Koya's still, he's still there. Aww. And so it was, it was really nice and really, so... I know that's a huge tangent and has absolutely nothing to do with The Witcher. We shall henceforth be calling Yaskier slash Dandelion Foxglove. Foxglove. Maybe I'll name one of my characters Foxglove. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, it is super poisonous, though, people, so do not Did eat you it. look it up while I, did I was look doing it up. that story? <laughs> Poison Control says all of it is poisonous, potentially deadly. Do not eat the Foxglove. Don't glove. eat the Foxglove. But yeah. Uh... So I know I derailed us so hard with that story. No, that's okay. I didn't really have anything else other than to talk about some fast facts about uh, Mr. Sapkowski. Sub Sapkowski. So, so I think he's a super adorable old man. Oh I, yeah. I just I have a thing for adorable old men and just like watching them get excited or whatever about their their stories. I'm Although, really sorry. You just yeah, said some terrible things. Uh, no old men email me. Okay, I don't well, want you to email me. Subkovsky. Sounds like you got a. No, he's just like a little curmudgeonly grandpa. Just uh, like, dress up like this, and uh, <laughs> it will not do. I'm it. trying to wink right now. I don't know if you can see it on camera. I'm rolling my eyes. I think they so might get hard. stuck. Yeah. <laughs> but I think one of the the things that I find so funny about him is a lot of like authors and creators in general, they're so nice to their fans and stuff. Sure. But this guy is not afraid to tell them that their questions are quote bullcrap. Really? Yeah. I I watched some interviews that were like Q and A's with him. Yeah. And one fan um, theorized that his books started getting popular in America after the video games. Yeah. And, and he said that was bullcrap. He was like, they were already popular. And yeah. then another fan asked if he would like to live in the Witcher's world. And he answered, well, I can't, obviously. Th- what difference does it make? That world isn't real. Are you insane, mister? <laughs> he said, did you leave the asylum legally or did you escape? And oh, I'm like, man. oh, my God, this dude is roasting his fans. And I love it. Yeah, that's it's pretty hilarious. intense. hilarious. And all of that was in Polish, so I was just reading subtitles. Some uh, some paraphrases. Do you think you would be like that, or would you be one of the authors who like adores your fans? At this point in my life, if I found any success in anything I do, I'd be so appreciative of all of my fans that there's no way I could talk like that to them. Yeah, legitimately, I would. If I had fan, if I had an event where people were more than my mom and wife showed up. <laughs> and they were like, Tyler, we're so happy. We're fans of whether it's this podcast or a book I wrote or whatever it is. 
I would be in tears. Legitimately, <laughs> I'd just be like, I don't know why you're here, but thank you. I don't know why you like me, but I I'm would, so grateful. I would be very, very happy if they, if anybody showed up. Yeah, I don't think I would call anybody's ideas bullcrap either. I don't know if that's like an age thing or a success thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it could be both. It could be a cultural thing and, yeah, that too. and an age thing. They're not as soft as uh, us Americans over in Poland. No, they definitely know how to treat their fans there. Yeah. The other thing I thought was funny is he doesn't like video games at all. So he hasn't even like played the Witcher video games. Really? Which if somebody made a video game out of my work, I don't like video games, but I would play the shit out of that. <laughs> I would or be like, oh would, my God, this is so cool. You would just make me play it and you'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch somebody else play it. We'll do a live stream Twitch stream of me playing it. And you watching it when someone makes a book a game out of your book? Yeah, uh, that would be a really boring video game. I don't think I would I don't just think my books are suited for that. I would I would make sure that they made a part of a part of that game that you can, that you can confront anyone in no. the game <laughs> and and say that they're the murderer. And I would spend the entire game. Just assuming everyone <laughs> was the murderer. <laughs> this is why Tyler can't read my books. <laughs> I mean, I did. did. And you know what? That's This is bullshit. You haven't let me finish your book, so I still don't know who did it. That was excellent. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, do you have final thoughts on our, our friend, Mr. <clears throat> Sapkowski, whose first name I'm avoiding saying because I think I've been butchering it? Andres. Uh, I don't know if you pronounce a Z like a Z. Andrel. <laughs> that seems wronger. That just started sounding that like... That sounded Tolkien. Yeah, like uh, some orcish or yeah, something. Yeah, some orc. I mean, I'm sure he'd approve of that. Not yeah. really, because he would or probably... Or Klingon. <laughs> it almost sounds like Klingon. Klingon. Huh? That was great. Klingon is, is the number one gro- fastest growing language in America. Really? No. I, I mean, I would have fallen for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it probably was at one point when nerds liked it because it was new. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, No, I kind of got into my little sermon earlier about why I think I liked this a lot. Um, The video game was fun while I played it. It, Like I said, I only really got like a few hours in, and it's such a massive game that I... I, No, just I didn't get to do anything. Uh, I did a lot of wandering around. I rode on Roach, which was cool that, you know, you know, you get to play on uh, be on Roach. Um, It takes place after all the books. Apparently, that's what I've heard. Um, So do you get through all of the books in the first two video games then? No, all of the video games are after. the Oh, they all start after it. Oh, yeah. Um, So there's that. Yeah. it it looks like a video game. Like I said, a few butts at the beginning, no boobs <laughs> at the beginning. But, uh, you know, you, you work your way up to the boobs. By the time you're level five, I'm sure you'll see some boobs. Out of context, that would be great, too. You work your way up to the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you going to just do a super cut of every yeah, time I say the word boobs, boobs. in this episode? Um <laughs> I mean, it's your own fault for saying boobs so much yeah, that there can right. be a super you're cut. You're absolutely right. Um, and so, yeah, uh, the game was really fun. And and what I liked about a lot of stuff was like that I had read the books, and so I knew a lot of the lore going into it. Mm. Um, obviously, I don't know all of it because I have yet to read any other books. 
And if I wasn't so damn busy reading books for this podcast, <laughs> I probably would, would continue to read the all rest. of the series. Huh. That's yeah. high praise. It is. I want to read the other short story collection for sure. You think it's worth it? I like short stories. Yeah? yeah. I think I might pick those up then because that's not as much of a commitment. No, and it's easier to stop midway. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm still working on Harry Potter. Oh, my God. Yeah, we've had that discussion before. Yeah. So. But yeah. There might. He's left the door open to writing more, I think, now that it's becoming yeah. popular again. And I think there's one that either just got translated to English or has yet to. Okay. Because the English translations are like far behind the actual publication schedule. Why is it? Why is it like that? I mean, I, I'm not going to just assume that everything should be in English, obviously. But like, <laughs> at this point, why are they not doing it simultaneously? Um, well, those would have been ones that were written a while ago. Mm. But I didn't. I th- it actually came up when I was reading the biography for Douglas Adams. Our last episode is that it's just really hard to get stuff to America, like, to popularize it here. It's yeah. like everything that Americans put out there media-wise is instantly in other countries and, like, yeah. beloved in other countries, but we don't really reciprocate with other people's stuff. Even English writers, yeah, it's hard for them to break into our markets. So, yeah, I think we've just... We're, we're too elitist over here. We're snobs. <laughs> you can have our stuff, but we yeah. don't really want... We don't really want your shit. So. Yeah. But no, I, I think in this day and age, it seems ridiculous that you can't translate stuff faster yeah agreed but maybe there's just a shortage of of people who know polish and english well enough to uh to do the translation because translating is really hard because you don't just have to like get the words right you have to get that feeling you have to get the feeling so even if it's not sometimes a literal translation doesn't work because it doesn't it doesn't work for the story it doesn't have the the feeling or the meaning behind it sure so you gotta be really good like when i was trying to figure out how to how to call myself the werewolf in Spanish. So I was like, you know, I'm El Dante Lobo. The devil wolf? No, no Dante is or... like where? Like, but you're, it's like, where are you? Oh, donde. Donde, yeah. Yeah, sorry. that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't literally. Where is the wolf? <laughs> yeah. That's, and so I would be like, I'd be like, I am El Donde Lobo. And people were like, you're, where's the wolf? Like, yeah. no, I'm the werewolf. Duh. <laughs> Don't do literal translations, guys. This no. is why Google Translate still didn't Should work. Should that be the my new uh, hashtag? Donde Lobo? <laughs> El Donde Lobo. Tie <laughs> <laughs> tie the Samurai and El Donde Lobo. This is, we're, we're creating our own comic book series. It, just about you and your different personalities. Tie <laughs> <laughs> tie the Baba Guy and the Donde Lobo. <laughs> All right, I think I think we said all all the things we need to say. Agreed. Um, yeah, this is a different episode though. Like I, I don't know. You I don't like... normally wear so much makeup. That's true. Uh, no, I I don't know. We talked more about the books and the authors, and yeah. I, and and I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm. I like learning about the authors. Well, I like talking about their lives because if we're just gonna start talking about our opinions on books. That's just a review show. And then, like, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Did you like doing that? Are we having this conversation online? Why not? (laughs) I like reviews, but also I feel like if we just talk about authors, we're limiting ourselves to authors Hmm. that other people like enough to write biographies about them. It's true. That's very true. I'm not saying that I don't like talking about books. Obviously, I like talking about books. 
I'm just trying to I'm just trying to give a voice to people who might listen to our show specifically to learn about authors and not about books. Well, you guys can all let me know if you feel like you learned enough about Mr. Sapkowski. Sapkowski and The Witcher. No, and and I did I did enjoy just reading a book, like, you know, a fictional book, um, not a biography. Also, so that's yeah. Nice. It kind of sucks when I'm doing a show about someone who I've never read any of their work. Sure. I've just read a biography about them. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's a little dry at that point. Yeah. Because you're like, like, I don't know if I like their work, but they <laughs> uh, went to this school. Yeah. It's like somebody else liked their work enough to write a 600-page book about them with footnotes. Yeah. Did you Have you had to do that yet on our show? I don't think so. I think I've usually managed to get through a book. But also, yeah. like, reading two books in two weeks is a lot. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Especially then trying to read all my normal books. Yeah. And then, you know, and the only way I can do it is audiobooks. So I'm just listening to books. Yeah. There's some books that I can't get audiobooks in time for. Man, if only we had some sort of sponsor for <laughs> uh, audiobooks or something that would help out with that. So yeah. Weird. So I didn't have to put them on hold at the library. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> Tyler looks meaningfully at the ceiling. Are you there, God? Are you there? <laughs> oh, man. I've got plenty of names I could throw out right now. I don't want to yet because I don't want to actually call anyone out. And then they're like, wow, never going to sponsor them. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> All right. Where can they find us, Tyler? Um, they can find us. Thank you so much for doing that. I got the right one up yeah, this you time. <laughs> um, you can find us. Well, you can email us, lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com. If you guys have any ideas for episodes that we should do, not that we're short on ideas. I text Hannah probably twice a week with ideas. Yeah, we're booked up through May, y'all. Um, and yeah, and we haven't even <laughs> talked about summer yet. We've got plenty of shit that we can do in the summer, but... Tyler keeps getting worried that we're going to run out of authors. But if there's something that you really want us to cover, then please let us know. Like I said, you can email us at lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com. You can also send fanfic uh, and flashfic to us, uh, usually 500 to 1,000 words, um, and we will try to read it on our show. To this day, we have yet to record <laughs> the one that we've been sent. We got we to get at least two more, and then yeah. we'll, then and then, we'll yeah, record Yeah, we got to get them all, yeah. Um, you can you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Lewis and Lovecraft. Lewis and Lovecraft, yeah, um, because, you know, we have a Facebook because that's how the world works. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at Lewis and Lovecraft on Instagram. And uh, you can go to our website and see pictures of us. We'll probably post some pictures of me as Geralt um, on there. Because the world needs to see yeah. more of that. At lewisandlovecraft.com. And also, as usual, we want to thank Jake Basson for our awesome intro music. I, I jam out to that every single time I hear it. Yeah. Like, it's really embarrassing. I should not dance. But you can find him at soundcloud.com slash Jake Basson. He has lots of other amazing music of all genres and types. Yeah. Um, and then you guys should subscribe to our show, either on iTunes or I should say Apple Podcasts, because it's not iTunes anymore. <laughs> Apple Podcast or on Spotify. I've had several people this week tell me that they found our show on Spotify. That's awesome. Um, we love hearing stuff so like that. So they, you know, like a friend of mine was like, oh, I didn't realize you were on Spotify. Now I'm listening to your show. So if you're if you're on Spotify, subscribe to us. If you 
know someone who's on Spotify, subscribe to us there. Uh, anywhere else where you get your podcasts, subscribe to us. It really helps us see some numbers. And while you're uh, subscribing, you should always rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, it does. It really helps. Seriously, you take two minutes out of your day and just say, I really like the show. Tyler told me to write this. And <laughs> that's it. That's all you have to, all you have to do. And uh, the most important thing to do, tell Tell a friend. friend. Wow, that was weird. (laughs) Tell a friend about our show, guys. Anna, have you told a friend this week? Yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) She lies. No, I did. I told my my sister's boyfriend. (gasps) I told him about our show. Did he he seem receptive? Is he going to listen to our show? We'll have to see. I, I don't know. Actually, he's more of a reader than she is. So, yeah. well, hey, he listen, should be into this. Hannah's sister's boyfriend, if Caleb, better listen to our show. Caleb, if you're listening to our show, rate and review us, please, or tell one of your friends because that's how this works. Yes, and I'm going to tell my friend who introduced me to The Witcher to listen to our show. Yeah, big shout out to Joyce Struby who gave us a big shout out on her Facebook page and Instagram after I uh, guilted the shit out of her on that. <laughs> You're not uh, supposed to tell them that you're guilting people into reviewing I'm gonna gu- us. If I know you and you're not listening to my show or promoting it, I'm going to guilt you, just so you know, um, which is totally fine. It's, it's how podcasters work. So um, there's <laughs> the that. glamorous behind the scenes look. Um, the next couple of episodes. Here's the lineup for April, y'all. Uh, Hannah's not going to be around. March. Thank you. You are jumping into the future. Yeah, not not April yet. Damn, I'm I'm ready for April. Uh, jumping into March. Uh, Hannah's not going to be around. She's leaving. Sorry. She's going to go on an adventure. I'm going on an adventure. Because <laughs> not all who wander are lost. Yeah, she's already making friends with the people that she's going to uh, New Zealand, right? Right, yeah, one of our listeners. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, and in place of her, I'm bringing in two women to fill her spot. One of them is my wife. So that's exciting. I'm just flattered that I'm so good. You have to bring two people in to replace me. (laughs) Uh, The other one is Megan Waterman from the Book Nook. Hopefully I can get the both of them together and we're going to be talking about Jane Austen, y'all. Also releasing this next month will be the collaboration that we did with Best Friends Playbook. Um, So make sure you stay tuned for that because that was a lot of fun and a lot of work. Yeah, Um, the logistics of uh, doing interstate (laughs) podcasting is something else. Uh, So uh, get ready to hear me and my wife talk about things and uh, probably argue on (laughs) on our show. I can't wait for this. I'm going to download that episode. Beck and I I have legitimately had actual arguments based off of who would win in a fight between Lord Voldemort and Darth Vader legitimate arguments so when we talk about her favorite author of all time you best believe she's going to be passionate I hope that you guys are still married when I get back (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, so yeah that's it thanks ghoul gang for hanging out yeah I said it and Hannah you want to give us a catchphrase for our, our outro Jane Austen related I don't read Jane Austen. All right. Well, it's a a truth universally acknowledged that you need to subscribe. So 